Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the sign of the dollar. So I recently did a podcast where I briefly spoke about some of the 2020 candidates and my uh, basic predictions, nothing in too much depth. Uh, but but today I'm here with Vince, and we're going to go into a bit more depth about the positions of some of the 2020 candidates. Obviously, uh, there's still a lot more to talk about in, in regards to the uh, 2020 candidates, especially when more happens within, within their campaigns. Uh, but now we, we just wanted to do a basic assessment of a few of the major candidates and our predictions for what's going to happen, like who's going to win the Democratic primary and how close it's going to come between Trump and whoever wins that primary. So, uh, Vince, would you like to start us off by telling us what you think about uh, the beautiful array of candidates that the Democrats have? They're freaking nuts, okay? Like, it's it like the, the most shocking thing like the most you know representative thing of all this is that kamala harris you know stands up on the debate stage next to joe biden and is like you're a racist and i'm like jesus <laughs> I, like you're talking about i, I like i want to feel humiliation right i want to feel bad for joe biden because he's fought for civil rights his entire life but i i really can't because i just i, I don't feel bad for joe biden but it's just like this is insane like these people are, are actually going insane. You know, you had everyone on the stage. I believe the second debate, everyone on the stage raised their hand for healthcare for illegal immigrants. You had several of the candidates say they were going to decriminalize border crossing, which that's just that's just crazy. You know, it's like you, yeah. like they say, oh, the Democrats don't really want open borders. That's just a straw man by the right. No, they literally want open borders. I mean, they're literally <laughs> raising their hand, you know, to, to decriminalize border crossings. You got like three or four candidates who. They're not just for Medicare for all, right? Which is at least that's a valid position, right? Like, oh, I want you know everyone to have their have at least have like a right to access to healthcare. Okay, fine, right? I'll, I'll debate you on that, but that's a valid position. But you have like three, or four candidates: Liz Ward, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders. I, I believe there's a fourth one who all raised their hand to abolish private health insurance, take forcibly <laughs> take away the health insurance of American citizens. Like, like I get it. You want to provide the healthcare for everyone? Okay, fine. But you have these people raising their hand to legitimately strip everyone's private health insurance away and force them on the government, you know, healthcare. That's ridiculous. You know, these yeah, people, have, these and, people have absolutely lost their mind. Yeah, it's completely true. Uh, especially since Trump's election, the left has just gone further and further and further to the left. I'd say that it's been a process. It's been going on for quite a while now, especially with Obama, who started off his first term as more of a moderate, but then in his second term went further to the left. But it, it's been happening for a while, but Trump just like sped up that process entirely. And now they're just <laughs> like most of them are extremists. And the leader of the DNC, you know, the DNC in general as an organization supports more of these extremists and doesn't show much love to the moderates anymore. And e even the members of the party are, are more extreme now. So it's, it's, it's really ridiculous. You have these kinds of people a few years ago who, I mean, we, we, we've seen so many videos of, of people like Chuck Schumer uh, about how they used to talk badly about illegal immigration, but then how their sounds changed and all of that. And it's 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 been happening for with the entire party, and now you have people like AOC, Ilan Omar, who are being championed as you know the faces of the DNC, and and the who who is the guy? I think his name is Tom Perez. Is that Tom right? Tom Perez. Right. Yeah, he 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 didn't he say something about uh, AOC being like the yeah, the, the, the face of part, yeah. yeah the future of the Democratic Party. <laughs> yeah, I know, so actually, something interesting about Tom Perez. I remember back when I used to be a you know a Bernie Sanders lunatic. I remember like uh, the progressive movement in on, on, in the Democratic Party actually coming out against um, Tom Perez. They wanted Keith Ellison, and they said Tom Perez is too moderate for us, and we're sick of these <laughs> moderates. We we need Keith Ellison. I'm like I, now looking back, I'm like, 
whoa, that's that's who I was railing against. I mean, he's crazy. <laughs> he's crazy. Look at Keith Ellison compared to Keith Ellison. Like even he's crazy. Like and I thought that was far left enough for me. I, I was like, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 quite. <laughs> it's yeah, quite my point sad. is, there's people calling Tom Perez too moderate. Yeah, that uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the, the the left is is gone off the rails. Uh, people would say that the right has become more extreme, but I really wouldn't say that is the case. They have become f- more firm on their positions, like people like Lindsey Graham and uh, other people who previously weren't so hard on their positions have become more firm on their positions, but they still hold basically the same positions. And the right wing has, if anything, become more vocal about their views. Um, and we've, we've started talking more and being more open about them. But I, I wouldn't say they've they've gotten much more extreme. But this entire thing with the with Trump being elected and all of that, it's just made the American political climate so hostile and so extreme. Like you have people on one side who are completely extreme, and and you have people on the other side who are very extreme as well. I, I would say that it's more common for the left now. Like the the general populist leftist movement is a lot more far left or a lot more extreme. I wouldn't say far left because that's more ideological. Uh, ideological, but a lot more extreme than the right-wing uh, populist movement is. So, w- what do you think about that? Do you, do, do, do you think that that's been going on for a while? Do you, do you think that's something that was evident uh, that that happens in any uh, political climate, or 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 was it a result of Trump's election or some some other event of that sort? So it's interesting. I remember um, back before. 2006. And by, by the way, we should note this. The right has actually become more moderate under the Trump presidency, at least in terms of you know ideology, because you know back before Trump, I mean, you remember the, the Tea Party? Right? I'm, I'm, I'm sure you weren't following politics during this time, but if you remember the Tea Party very well, it sounded like the next yeah. Republican president who, got, who took office was literally going to shut down the government until a balanced budget was presented, <laughs> right? And yeah. you, get, you get in the Trump presidency and you know, the national debt just keeps going up. But in terms of the left, um, I think if you don't remember before uh, Trump was elected, there actually was feminism, especially was like at its height. Like, you know, it's now feminism's kind of died out because everyone's like crazy about Trump. Feminism back then yeah. was at its height. So I would say it has been going on for a while, but at the same time, yes, I don't think that lady in the, you know, neon jacket and the black beanie and the glasses would be screaming, legitimately screaming. Like, ah, outside the outside of the Capitol <laughs> yeah. during Trump's inauguration had um, he never been elected. So yes, I think he's driven everyone completely on the left, completely out of their minds. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say that that's a good thing or? Um, it's not a good thing for the country. It's a good thing for us. You know, like political think, victories. Wise. Yeah, yeah, it's political victory. So I, I guess the nice part about the country, about, about what it does for the country is it puts republicans in power who pass good policies it's bad for the country in the sense that half the country wants to kill the other half of the country and the other half of the country doesn't see the uh, like the other half so kindly either so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the, the country does after trump i feel like everyone's going to be so tired after trump that it, no one's going to care about politics anymore and in politics countries and politics hit a whole time low i think that's, that's i think that's what's going to happen yeah so i i was thinking about how people make comparisons to Europe, like especially Bernie Sanders, whenever he's talked about his healthcare plan and whenever he's talked about his ideology, he's often referred to uh, Scandinavian countries talking about how it worked out for them. And uh, I was thinking in general, in terms of ideology, uh, a lot of people would say that Scandinavian countries as a whole are more left uh, than the US. And I would say that is true. 
But if we're talking about the Democratic candidates and the Democratic Party as well now, like as a whole almost, um, the, the candidates and the people that they're using to represent their ideology are a lot more extreme. Uh, if, if you're talking about issues, economic issues, you're talking about healthcare, things like that, Sweden is a social democracy. Norway is a social democracy. A lot of these countries are social democracies. Canada is to some extent a social democracy, but none of them are socialist. And uh, people like Bernie fail to understand the the difference between social democracies and a full-blown socialist country. And people say that, oh, Venezuela is not socialist. It's just a result of mismanagement. If you look at their tenets, if you look at what they're they're doing, if you look at how they're going about um, their economic system, they are socialist. It's 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 in, indisputable. You 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 can easily prove that Venezuela is indeed socialist. So the, the the people within Europe are, I would say, while as a whole more people are left, the the people who are left are nowhere near as extreme as the people uh, in in the U.S. who who use people in Europe as an example. Even if we're talking about the issue of abortion, I remember I posted something on my personal account on my story about my opposition to abortion. Obviously, I got 10 to 15 DMs from from uh, random classmates and people who I used to know or people who I don't even know that well, uh, all getting triggered at me and talking about how I'm a terrible person that doesn't care about female rights. And I, I, I lost a few people who are who I was actually good friends with by posting that. But um, th- there are also people who fr- from from Europe who who told me that I had a discussion with them, and it turns out that their view on abortion, while they do, while while they are pro-choice to an extent, they're a lot more moderate than the people here. Like I was talking about how how people people here. I'm saying people here. I'm in India. I mean in the U.S. They they they're they're talking about having abortions right until birth. And when I asked that question in my story, when I did a poll about who would support that, there were a few people who did, but then there were overwhelmingly people didn't support that. And overwhelmingly people thought that there should be a a limit. And um, uh, one of the limits that was proposed was 10 weeks. And I I was like, fair enough. And even though I, I support like no abortion at all, they they understood the the importance of not having abortion after that point in time where the baby begins to feel pain, and they they understand that and they're not as extreme as the people here. And they talk about how it's it's frankly quite disgusting that people would support abortion right until birth. And I agree with that entirely. So if if we're talking in general, yes, uh, Sweden and other countries in Europe are on average more left, but the people who are left are much, much, much more moderate than how crazy the Democratic Party has become now. Yes, yeah, so I have not met a lot of uh, people from Europe, but I, I think part of the reason why the Democratic Party is so crazy now is just the fact that, it, for some reason, I don't understand this at all, because you would think that, you know, when, when you're arguing when you arguing with someone you think is crazy, what you want to do is kind of perceive yourself as the as the moderate, normal person. That's the exact opposite of what happened with Trump. These people are just, they, they say Trump, they see Trump take one position, and they totally try to take like a, a whole nother position on the totally radical on the other side, right? They have to radically oppose. Yeah. They can't just oppose, uh, apparently opposing their, his policy is enough for them. They have to radically oppose the exact opposite of his policy. So like, you know, if, if Trump wants this, you know, we got to, we got to head 180 miles per hour in the other direction. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I think also, I think a lot of people in Europe are becoming more modern. Obviously, you, you've seen right-wing victories, like, all across Europe. Yeah. Obviously, Boris Johnson is the most uh, recent one. I think people... Maybe maybe back in the 70s or 80s might have been as far left as you know Democrats and are in America are now, but over time, as you get used to those policies, as you get used to that ideology, you start to realize how terrible it is, the logical conclusion of it, and I think that's what Europe is experiencing right now. And yes, I think at this point, you might be able to say a lot of people in Europe, in a, in a lot of ways, maybe not in every way, but in a lot of ways, might actually be more moderate than the people on the left here in the United States. Yeah, and you're talking about uh, like 70s, 80s. Earlier on, while there may have been a few extremists, the, the fact is that countries like Sweden built their fortune and became as economically prosperous as they uh, are now because they used to be free market countries. They, they actually had a lot more lenient policies in terms of regulations on the market. E- even now, they don't have uh, direct regulations in terms of corporate taxes and things like that. They do have them. But the thing is, what they do is that they uh, decrease other kinds of taxes, the corporate t- taxes especially, because they don't want to interfere with companies who are actually doing well for their company, uh, for their country. I mean, um, and they increase consumption taxes, which 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 helps them, which and cons- consumption tax is a regressive tax, so it it helps them ensure that their that their higher class isn't isn't uh you know compromised and uh, people would say that the entirety of sweden most of them are somewhat at the same level so they 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 are somewhat succeeding and uh, a lot of countries in the europe people talk about their collapse and i do believe that some some countries could uh, face serious problems in the future because of how uh, far left they've gone especially in terms of uh, the refugee crisis and all of that but in terms of economics these countries built their fortune and became as prosperous as they are now by having a, a free market economy for quite a long time it wasn't entirely free market, but it definitely was a lot more lenient than uh, it is now, or, or definitely a lot more lenient than what the Democrats in the USA are proposing. It's pretty, it's, it's interesting because um, you actually, if you actually Google the, the economic freedom, you know, list for these countries, you'll notice a lot of these countries are actually above the United States and they may have higher income mm-hmm. taxes, but they also pay less taxes in a lot of other ways. In a lot of ways, their economy is actually far less regulated in the United States. Not just that, but in terms of like how much money their government spends, well, it's easy. I mean, this country spends a lot on you know the military. It's easy. It's easy in this case of countries like Sweden, you know, the NATO countries. It's easy when the United States is subsidizing almost a lot of or almost all of your defense budget. That's part of the reason they have money for stuff like you know healthcare for all for all their citizens because they don't really have to spend money on anything else. So you actually look at it; those yeah. countries actually, in a lot of ways, are more fiscally conservative than the United States. Those governments are more fiscally conservative than the United States, and um, yeah, you'll, you'll actually notice that in in a lot of ways, you know, the people in Europe, yeah, and the the governments of Europe actually tax their tax their people less, and you know their economy is less regulated. I mean, you know, you know Switzerland, right? Switzerland yeah. is. The, the most economically free country in the world. The taxes are something at like 10 to 15%, I believe, for the highest bracket. And I, I don't even think they have many brackets there. They're the closest thing that the world has to a successive, uh, successive a successful um, flat tax system. So it's, it's not like the US, as much as we'd like to call it the most free country. In other ways, I would say it is in terms of free speech, the Second Amendment. But... You, you, these Democrats act like the U.S. as a whole is so uh, right, right-wing, and it's such a capitalist country. But they're forgetting that the countries that they refer to, and even uh, even a lot of the countries in Europe, uh, especially countries like Switzerland, 
actually are more fiscally conservative and have more economic freedom than the U.S. does. Right. So I I was looking in the polls recently, and it seems that Biden is 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 doing a, a fairly decent job. While I wouldn't have predicted that he'd be uh, winning the nomination, there's a lot of polls which show that he's quite far ahead uh, compared to some of the other candidates. I mean, obviously, we can't entirely trust polls or, or we can't entirely re- rely on them to, to give us uh, the reliable result. And that's not only because of political bias, but also because of the fact that polls are just polls at the end of the day. They can't represent what's going to happen uh, in the election. But so what, what do you think about that? What do you think about Biden, first of all, his ideology for, uh, and his, you know, the the controversy surrounding how he's been uh, uh, quite touchy and things like that. Uh, do, do, do you think he intends to be creepy, or do you think that's just like an an old fashioned way of you know greeting people or something? No, I I think listen, this is my position on Joe Biden. It always has been. I can't stand him, but I don't think he's actually a bad person. You know, like I yeah. actually like look at Biden. I'm like you you're probably a good guy. You know, but I I think. I don't think Joe Biden's gonna be the uh, the the, not the nominee. I would say that right now because every time he, he had a very good launch, but he's he is slipping in the polls, and every time he speaks, I think he loses another percentage. Like especially his response to you know Kamala asking about busing, and he's just I mean what 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 candidate in the history of the United States has ever said during a debate that oh I'm out of time sorry I'll stop now before he was even out of time <laughs> you know that's everything he wants to do like every everyone knows that a presidential debate you always go way over time because you get your point in no matter what what the time limit says right um and, and he's just he, he, you if you actually listen to Biden like I, I watched Biden's launch and I was like wow this guy is really really has a really really good message. And then you actually listen to him talk outside of his campaign video. And he's like, this guy is totally inarticulate. He's sleepy as hell. He doesn't make any sense. So I think the more yeah. he, he has to talk a lot, he's going to have to do a lot of talking between now and next summer. So I think he's, yes, he's going to gradually slip and he's not going to be the nominee. <laughs> yeah, uh, there that that is quite true. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely don't think that anything touchy that he's done is supposed to be any kind of sexual harassment. While, while it is a bit creepy, I, I don't think he's doing it intentionally or trying to purposely make people uncomfortable or anything of the sort. And like you said, I don't think he's that bad of a guy. But yeah, he's not a great speaker. So we'll see how that ends up. Um, what do you think about Liz Warren? I, at first, I didn't really think Liz Warren would do that well, but she seems to be doing decently. And I thought her whole you know, Native American thing, if she's smart, she'll just leave that behind. But... Uh, I I thought that might de- decrease her popularity. Oh my! Liz Warren is literally freaking insane. Like she, she, I'm <laughs> she's she's like people think Andrew Yang is the most far left of the candidates just because he's for UBI. No, you actually listen to Liz Warren. Liz Warren is absolutely freaking insane. If you just listen to her actually talk about what she wants with the economy, you know what what, what her actual policies are. I mean, she she it sounds like she wants borderline state control of the every the entire economy. You know, and I, it's it's crazy. She I, and I think that's the reason why she's doing well. It's because, obviously, in a in a um, in an actual in an actual general election, I think you know Liz Warren would absolutely murdered by Trump because like yeah, but in the Democratic primary, but the primary voters, yeah. you know, they want someone crazy like that. You know, and I think unless the moderates show up and vote for someone like Biden, you know, I think yeah, she actually has a, actually has a decent shot at winning. I think it's going to be Kamala Harris as of right now. I think the nominee is going to be Kamala Harris. Yeah, but I think she Th- has that, a that was that shot was also at my prediction. Yeah, so, so yeah, you took my Kamala Harris, and in my previous podcast I did about twenty twenty, I also said that I I thought most likely it'll be her. 
so what do you think about her, her ideology? I actually don't know that much about it, but I've seen a few things that she said. I've seen, uh, I remember a while back, I saw her comparing uh, ICE to the KKK. So what, what do you think about her? Why do you think she has a good chance? And what do you think about her ideology? So the thing about her is she, she, she is a far left progressive, don't get me wrong, but she actually look at her policy. She's just slightly less far left than like, you know, Warren and Bernie. But the thing is, she's way more like SJW than they are. If that makes sense, so and I think that's, yeah. that's part of why she'll win the nomination. I don't know if she check all the intersectionality boxes. You know, she's a black woman, you know, um, all that. But she, 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 she don't look black. <laughs> yeah, she, she actually like appeals to feminism a lot. She appeals to the whole internet intersectionality gang a lot. You know, obviously, no, no one else on that stage went up there and called another candidate racist and said, you know, talked about why well, you look you you have a record against segregation. Right? No one else did that, but that appeals to voters. You know, vote, you actually look at these Democratic voters. Even them, the same thing with the Republican Party, but them, they don't actually care as much, the, the, at least the primary voters. The primary voters don't actually care much about like economic policies like Medicare for All. Whatever. Exactly. They care yeah. about intersectionality. You know, that's what that's what makes them happy. That's what makes them, you know, energizes. Look at me. I'm a black woman. They're racist. We're going to combat racism together. No idea how we're going to do that, but that's actually what gets, you know, Democratic voters going, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and I completely agree with that. Uh, especially, like, um, I, I'd say with Bernie Sanders in 2016, what made him so popular is uh, not particularly his ideology or his, uh, or his policies, but more of his um, the fact that he had this quote-unquote grassroots movement. So a, f- right. a few of, of the supporters that were supporting him after he dropped out, they actually started supporting Trump. And the ideology is completely different there, but Trump also has a grassroots movement. So you kind of understand what really makes people vote. And now it's become obviously even more extreme. Now people care more about intersectionality and uh, SJWs. But at the end of the day, it's not really the economic policy that uh, people are looking at when they're voting for people. It's not even policy in general. They just want someone who, you know, checks all their boxes. Like, I think a lot of Republicans nominated Trump. Like, if you look at, like, conservative principles, and this is obviously making the assumption that conservatives actually care about conservative principles nowadays. But you actually look at conservative principles, you know. Ted Cruz and Rand Paul were far better candidates than Trump, you know. Because they yeah. actually stood. You look at Trump, especially in the in the campaign. He didn't really stand for conservative principles at all. But he was. He had that firepower. He was a good speaker. Exactly. He actually, he actually did the things that a lot of people were upset Republicans never did, like call out people. You know, and that's really what yeah. got on the nomination, not his political ideology, not his complex beliefs. He didn't have any complex beliefs during the election. You know. Yeah. Exactly. He had this. He had this appeal. Obviously, he. He, he he appealed to the to, to the common person. He, he he tried to show that he he cares about you know the the, the blue collar American, uh, and yeah his his whole anti-establishment um, thing and his his whole anti-political correctness really helped him uh, win the nomination and then go on to win the election. So yeah that, that that's going to happen in twenty twenty two. I think tw- not twenty twenty two but twenty twenty two as in T O O. And yeah, so at the end of the day, I'm pretty confident that it's going to end up being Trump. I think you are as well. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, it's it's going to be entertaining to I'm watch. Get uh, the, because then I'll end up on a on like a, a compilation. Like remember all the compilations we made, like the the right made. Oh yeah, we're <laughs> gonna end up on those like crying and stuff. Like. <laughs> yeah, except we're not going to be as hysterical when Trump right, loses. <laughs> but yeah, so. <laughs> Pretty confident, not going to say that I know with full certainty that he's going to win, but uh, the fact is that even a lot of my 
leftist friends or a lot of classmates who are more left-wing and really don't like Trump, they're admitting that they think that Trump's going to win as well. And that, that just shows you how how people know how, how it, the elections are going to end up and how, you know, the political climate is. So, yeah, I, I, I guess that'll do it for us for today's podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely try to make more podcasts about the 2020 election when there's more debates and things of that sort. So we'll see how that turns out. But for now, uh, I think um, we've said all that we wanted to say, right, Vince? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll do it for us today at the sign of the dollar. Thank you for listening.